Hello everyone, this is Berkay from D2C Wheel. D2C Wheel is an online community where we talk about direct-to-consumer brands, technologies and everything in the D2C space. Before jumping into the episode, I just wanted to tell you more about the weekly newsletter we have just started. By subscribing to it on d2cwills.com newsletter, you'll have an access to exclusive tips from successful D2C entrepreneurs, weekly insights from the industry and a vibrant community of D2C experts. You can find the link for subscribing to it in the description of this episode. So without further ado, let's continue with our chat. So hi there, we are together with Joey Walsh, founder of Hockey Stickman. So hey Joey, it's a great pleasure to have you here on our podcast studio. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How about yourself? I am good as well. Thank you. So Joey, where are you dialing from? Calling in from uh, just north of Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. In Canada. And your business is also located there, right? Yes. Wonderful. So, Joey, I'll ask you more about the hockey stickman in a second. But before that, can you tell us more about your personal background? What were you doing before founding Hockey Stickman? So I uh, went to Brock University for a sport management degree. Uh, and mm-hmm. I worked for... Uh, British Columbia Hockey Association, um, running development programs for them for uh, for five years. Um, mm-hmm. I finished off with working with the 2010 uh, Olympic Committee um, in Vancouver, and um, and then I moved on to uh, economic development. So I got out of the um, somewhat out of the sport realm into uh, uh, municipal government work. Uh, started doing my uh, master's certification in economic development. Um, well, at the same time, I started a side hustle, um, hockey stick man. Actually, it was mm. Walsh's stick repair to begin with, and uh, we just fixed uh, broken hockey sticks. Um, mm. And uh, hockey stick man was born from that. Yeah. And what exactly are you currently doing at hockey stick man? Uh, today, we currently have uh, two different uh, brick and mortar stores. Um, mm. Two online platforms. We sell on uh, a couple third-party places. Uh, we manufacture uh, our own sticks. Uh, we source professional sticks, uh, and we uh, still remain uh, fixing fixing broken and uh, selling off as refurbs. I understand. So you are coming from the game itself, right? You have this like, university degree at sports uh, at management. And you have like hands-on experience and everything. So, like, what was it like to from like transition from the game itself to the business side of it? What was it like for you? Well, you know, I think that uh, a lot of people will tell you, uh, do what you know, um, yeah. work within work within the industry you're passionate about. I think that's that's definitely what we're doing. Um, we're a hockey family. Um, we're a hockey. Uh, we're definitely hockey fans, and. Um, you know, that's, that's what, uh, what drives us each and every day. We love the sport. My, uh, all of our staff, uh, they love working within the game. So, uh, um, you know, I think that's important, um, helps you, uh, get up and, and go to work every day. I understand. So you started this as a side project, right? You said that. And yes. at one, like at one point you turned it into something more professional, I would say, like, how did this transition go? I just born out of born out of demand and success. I mean, I think uh, you know, from an e-commerce perspective, uh, my friend was one of the first uh, employees at Shopify, 
So he, mm. he encouraged me to have a Shopify site. I didn't know what Shopify was at the time. Um, so we started that, uh, started that up and we started seeing, um, you know, a lot of refurbished hockey sticks sold, uh, you know, all across the world, um, through this platform and, uh, you know, just year after year, it just kept continued to grow to the point where, um, you know, we started to realize that, uh, we really had something there and it was time to, uh, time to, to transition it away from side hustle into, into a corporation, um, and hire, yeah. you know, hire some staff and, uh, and get it, get it going. And when was it, by the way, what year? Uh, the slow growth. We started in, you know, it's right at 2010. Once I finished up with the Olympics, we started doing it. Um, 2016, uh, I incorporated. So we were six years of side hustle, um, really. And then, uh, in 2018, we really sort of, Uh, put the pedal to the metal and, and started to, to grow the concept. Yeah. And like Shopify is located as a company, they're located in Canada. And you said yeah. your friends was one of the earliest like employees. Did that have a positive impact of your, on your business? Oh, certainly. He, he set up the web, helped me set up the website. He um, taught me how to do it. He connected me with Zendesk and, uh, and Yotpo so that we could have reviews and customer service mm. uh, platform done properly. Um, You know, he uh, he definitely advised me on some other apps that we could use uh, to maximize our growth, and I was able to bounce a lot of things off. I mean, it's not it was nothing too um, too serious back then. You know, we did a few blogs about like what what um, you know simple things like uh, that our customer might want to know about stick height and flex and curve and stuff like that. Um, mm. Those blogs to this day get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, impressions. Um, You know, they have a lot of authority on Google and sometimes when you type it in, it's the, the answer is ours, um, you know, in the, in the Google platform. So I think that really helps. I understand. And like the e-commerce and D2C vertical was not really competitive back then, I suppose. Like, what was it like building your website with Shopify back then with not all the competition that we have today? I definitely think that uh, it was, it was kind of ahead of the, head of the curve um mm -hmm. you know it i always viewed shopify kind of like a microsoft word like i was able to sort of build it with myself like just learning it like it wasn't complicated yeah. um so i always tell people like, you should build a website you know and, and have a side hustle because it's not hard you can do it yourself um even to this day our website is is fairly homemade still and our collections are all homemade and we've mm -hmm. done all that um the uh um Yeah, I, th I think that like in that space, there wasn't a lot of competition trying to vie for those organic hits. Um, mm. And realistically, in our industry, there wasn't a lot of uh, brands selling direct to consumer at that point. Like it's a very traditional industry that that always focused on on uh, brick and mortar, and there was a lot of barriers um, to selling online. They didn't really want uh, that that competition. So um, you know, at first, uh, there really wasn't much happening there and i would just felt like there's there's no there's no stopping you know e-commerce and in the industry um if that's how if that's how shoppers want to buy then that's how shoppers are going to want to buy and um it's silly yeah. to to think otherwise and um so yeah i had a couple years head start on on all that yeah i understand like it's a wonderful story and because i wasn't around back then i'm just asking this out of curiosity so 
Like right now in Shopify, if you're building something, you're too dependent on the tools on the Shopify's app store, right? You have to, you know, get something for reviews, get something for conversion, get something for everything. So was it like that also during those days? Yeah, and we're we're pretty bootstrapped, um, bootstrapped company that you know tried to uh, focus on not spending money, so it was difficult to determine you know uh, value because I think every every single app uh, out there you know adds some sort of value, but it's is it yeah. worth spending all that extra money on everything? Like things were cheap back then, and and things were um, you know at our volumes, things weren't so bad, but uh, you know as you scale, you gotta you know think like. Sure, it'd be great, but it's going to cost an extra ten or twenty thousand dollars a year by installing that app. So I'm not mm. going to bother. So I kind of always, I always had to play that and say, like, you know, is is it worth? It's I, I I agree that it will help, but is it worth the extra money? Yeah, and since then, like since for the last seven eight years, you have sort of observed the improvements and development of Shopify ecosystem, right? And what is it going any good from your perspective? What are your observations? Uh, you know, right, right out of the bat, I was extremely, extremely happy with yeah. Shopify um, as a platform. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know, there's made they've made improvements uh, certainly to their to their platform, um, and I uh, continue to to do so. Obviously, there's a lot more apps and stuff. Um, you know, there's also uh, areas you know with which they've um, you know capitalized on as well. Like we're now a Shopify Plus platform, so we're giving them a lot more money than we ever were. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, let's come back to you, your basic, like your foundation story. So, what were the major problems that you were trying to figure out back then when you were founding your brand? What were the problems that these people are looking for sticks for facing price um the price uh was was what drove, drove, drove everything really i mean there's uh there's some fantastic products uh in our industry um but uh, they're expensive and uh and they break um with hockey sticks in particular they uh they break so you have you have uh, an expensive product that you may need to buy you know multiple or half a dozen or in some cases a dozen um throughout the year um mm. for competitive hockey players and it was just extremely extremely expensive so mm. uh that was the challenge now you know from my perspective it was um that they wanted to use the the performance uh of the high-end uh, product mm. uh but the, the payment for it was a challenge so that's why uh you know uh, high-end product with performance-based products um, mm -hmm. at a better price is kind of our niche and where we we went after because we knew everybody wanted the good stuff, but to try and get it to them at a, at a price that they can afford a little bit better. Yeah. And in that case, my question would be like, how do you secure affordable prices? Uh, and that's, I think, the, 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 the um, you know, the entire the reason for growth is we've been able to find a couple different areas to do so. Uh, number one was to uh, fix up uh, professional sticks um, mm. that had a lot of life left in them, um, but uh, but were broken in half. And those sticks mm. we call refurbished sticks, um, and we sell every single one of them. Um, 
they you know we can't keep those in stock but there's a there's only so many that we can get and and that we can uh provide to our customers so um the next thing what we did was we bought directly uh from the teams uh their brand new sticks and mm. um those are pro stock uh, pro returns um and and they're cheaper uh so we do that it comes without a warranty um that's kind of industry standard so those were two ways we were able to do so um and then we were just relying on professional contacts for those so the, mm. again you sell everything without without needing to do any sort of advertising like that was just word of mouth would would sell all that product for us um then we uh we teamed up with a manufacturer um over in china um the Chinese manufacturers produce most of the products in our industry. Yeah. And uh, we teamed up with them and we created a stick that was just no graphics. We call it the pro blackout. And um, so we were able to provide customers with brand new sticks uh, in the specs, the weight right. uh, and the performance that, uh, that, that they were used to, um, but for a fraction of the cost. And that right. was, you know, a really big game changer um, for us yeah. and even for the industry. There's a lot of people out there replicating that, that concept today um, because uh, it's, it's something that, that uh, really resonates with a lot of hockey consumers and families. Yeah. Like you found a way to like sell these hockey sticks at a more affordable price. And what was the initial reaction you get from the market you get from your customers and your community? The great thing about hockey sticks is that uh, it's a team sport. So when you sell one um, it's really product based because when you sell one, somebody walks in the dressing room without any graphics on their stick. Um, you know, there's 15 other players asking about that stick and, hey, where would you get that? Or, or the, you know, if they're happy with the product, they're they're apt to tell their their, their teammates. Um, and uh, and then the other members of their family who also have, um, you know, teams of 15 people. So the word of mouth in our industry is, uh, is extraordinary. And, um, you know, it's product-based. So if you have a good product, then... Uh, you know, then, then the word spread. So, um, you know, I would say, uh, the concept spread like wildfire. Um, and you know, we're constantly sold out of the, the sticks and ramping up, uh, production quite a bit, but, uh, you know, the supply chain, um, capacity for them to produce the sticks just doesn't even, uh, keep up with demand at this point. Yeah. Like you actually touched on two important tasks aspects of the business that I wanted to talk to you about. So first things first, marketing and paid promotion site and community growth everything so uh like on your website it said that you're never done uh paid advertisement right you never done like you try you also mentioned that you're trying to keep your costs to a minimum you're pretty bootstrapped and you have this mentality from the day one so uh like you said you do you do not do paid promotions but is it changing now like you're you still too much like 100 dependent on word of mouth well, the word of mouth was good enough to, to sell enough sticks. And we have to obviously, uh, we have to service the customer that we've had for 10 years. So we don't want to go out and attract new customers through paid advertising. Um, mm. And then I have product for the, the people that have been around for 10 years. So there's a careful mm. balance there. Um, now, uh, we are just scraping the surface with some, uh, some uh, meta ads through Facebook and Instagram um, on our Blackout products specifically. Uh, sim- simply because, um, you know, our, our return on ad spend is, is absolutely crazy. It's almost like a case study of how well we're doing. Uh, 
Um, so, yeah. you know, when, when, when you put that in front of people uh, at that price, um, people are, are jumping at the opportunity. So we are doing a little bit of that and experimenting with that as we grow, um, in particularly in the summer months and stuff like that to keep our, uh, our, our sales volumes uh, high throughout the year and, um, and uh, you know, paying all of our paid staff and, and taking care of expenses uh, throughout the mm-hmm. year through the off season. I find that it's a good time to do that. Yeah. So if it is okay, can I ask like more specific metrics from you in terms of uh, return on ad spend? Sure. Yeah. Uh, like what are your budgets, monthly, weekly, daily budgets on paid meds, paid uh, advertisement on Meta? So it's, again, it's not very high. I think we're about five thousand dollars a month uh, that we're pay- that we're spending on uh, on on Meta, um, and our uh, return on ad spend is ten to one. Return, sorry, I couldn't catch you. What was it? Uh, the return on ad spend is ten to one, so ten dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, do you have any secret sauce for that? <laughs> like, what is the success recipe here? Because it's crazy, as you mentioned. Product. No, there's no. I, I think that that's if there's anything that I can um, focus on uh, to your customers, it's it's product based. I mean, we have an educated consumer um, here in 2023. Um, and mm. whether it's my industry or, or a different industry, um, I think that one thing that people aren't doing very well is, uh, is delivering quality products. I mean, everything, mm. everything you touch is, uh, is breaking and, you know, you're disappointed and it's cheap and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, prices is, is certainly important, but, uh, um, it's, it's product based. And, um, I think that one thing that somebody might, even if they don't know when they click on um, our, our site and they read about the product and they realize, you know, hey, that's a that's a high-end stick, um, you know, at that weight and um, and those specs, um, and then they read some of the reviews on on the website for that product as well. They're verified customer reviews. Um, even somebody who may not have heard of it before uh, or heard of us um, is yeah. inspired by the product. Um, and then once they do buy it, um, you know, most of the time they're impressed with it. So, um, you know, it, it, it drives return spend as well. Yeah. No, it's, it's simply inspiring. So like, I feel like you have all this potential accumulated over the years. And when you do start with the paid advertisement, the potential just came out. Right. And like, it is also a case of, you know, I don't know, trying to discover the, uh, waters that you haven't tapped already. So did you work with any sort of outside agencies, consultants, marketing people on that? Or was that also, uh, like, you know, homemade? Uh, I have a, um, I have a guy in house that had some experience in that and he was able to do it, uh, in house for us. Mm. And like the, did you get him for like specifically for that reason or? No, he, um, he had, he had learned, um, over the course of time, you know, he was one of our first employees and then he'd learned how to do it. Um, he went away and worked for another company, um, and then came back to the other company had, uh, he had experience from another company, but he learned a lot about e-commerce, uh, originally through us, um, because he was, uh, he was working on our website. Yeah. And like, how do you create visuals or content that is needed for the advertisements? 
Um, we just took pictures of uh, some stuff and kept it simple. You know, um, you know, I always say that, uh, you know, this I borrow from Steve Jobs' uh, take on uh, simplicity is the ultimate form of uh, elegance. And, um, you know, I, I yeah. like to keep it simple. Picture of a hockey stick and say zero graphics, you know, 99.99. Um, so it, it tells the story uh, pretty quick of, of what we're doing by, by keeping it simple. Yeah. So you do everything yourself in-house with your employees. So you're not getting too much outside help. No. Like how do you sort of spend time on each and every aspect of your business? Because you said you're also doing international shipment. This is also another burden. I will ask you more about that in a second. Like you're trying to you know, keep up with the market. Market is changing every day. Like how do you find time for everything? Basically, this is my question. This is what I wonder. Um. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I do a very good job of it. Um, you know, yeah. it's it's difficult, um, and you're being pulled in different directions. So I think that uh, you know, I think that'd be one one of my number one criticisms of myself. Um, you know, I'm just a hockey guy. I, I'm um, who's who's running this business, and and we have you know 25 employees now. Um, so I, I don't think that I necessarily do a good job of it. Um, we tr- mm. try and we try and elevate my position and my brother's position um, and have, you know, uh, our managers um, below us now trying to take on more responsibility and stuff like that. And then the coordinators below them taking on more responsibility um, for the day-to-day tasks. So I we've really tried to elevate, um, but, you know, we're growing at a rate that's, that's difficult to manage too. So, um, you know, I think that uh, it's a good problem to have, but a problem and, um, and it, you know, it's definitely a challenge day in day out. As uh, so, what is your growth rate? Yearly growth rate? Yeah, so we've been doubling our growth rate uh, the last few years, um, especially with these blackout uh, products. So we're seeing um, two times each year. So uh, you know, this year is getting pretty interesting um, because uh, you know we're starting to, to really see some big numbers. Okay. Yeah. Well, nice. Like doubling for the last couple of years means a lot. And when did you, you know, like feel the necessity, feel the need to play on pay that's like, when did you realize that some things are changing? Um, we, I think we have to, you have to keep up with the industry. I know the pay that's mm-hmm. a big, big part of our, of our uh, industry here in e-commerce um, and to be able to drive, you know, attract new customers and drive, um, drive people towards you know the products that uh, that we want them to sell. I think that for us, like we're gonna always sell all, all of our refurbs, all of our pro stock sticks. Um, but uh, mm. the concept of of this blackout one we were manufacturing ourselves was something that uh, where we could actually um, you know buy more if we if we sold more. So uh, it I drove the opportunity for us to to try it out, dip our feet in the water, get to know it a bit. Um, and that's what we're doing, but we're not, we're still very much scraping the surface of it. We're, we're not, uh, mm-hmm. we're not spending that much yet. Um, yeah. because we need to manage growth at the same time. So like I said, we really focused on the, uh, on the summertime a little bit to learn about it, but, uh, we we'll probably even dial it back in the winter time to be able to manage our growth so that we're not overextending ourselves. Mm, I understand. And like, let's talk about social media. You produce great content for social media. And because I assume you're a group of people who are really interested in the sports, you do really create content for other people out there 
also watching hockey games, right? I saw that you have this series on Instagram called uh, the Spec Check, right? You're where you're talking about the uh, players who are like who has potential to shine. So, like, who in your team are is responsible for creating this content? Do you have a specific person for that? Yeah. So my manager of sales um, is uh, the one who came up with the spec check concept, so we can, um, you know, give our customers insight as to what the best players in the world are using for sticks. Um, and uh, so he has sort of a platform for that, and yeah. um, he's got a, a sales coordinator that also uh, will will create some. So between the two of them, they they do all of the, yeah. of those posts and um, and all the others on there. So they kind of have a good. Uh, concept of good feel for what our, our following wants to see and uh and tries to deliver it yeah and you have your foot on like more than one platform you have you're on facebook you're on instagram you're on tiktok everywhere which platform is working the best for you now uh probably instagram is kind of the one that we've we've fo- probably focused the most on mm. um and and had the most uh probably the most followers yeah and what are your strategies to convert sales from your followers there Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's really any, any black magic. I think you just try to, uh, you know, create good content. Yeah. And, and for us, we like to tell our, um, our followers when we have new product in, yeah. um, you know, I, it's, again, it's something where like a lot of these sticks that they may want, um, are sold out 90% of the time. Yeah. So when we get new stuff in, um, it's an opportunity for us to tell our followers, Hey, we got those in and, yeah. um, and they can go on and purchase them. So. I think that's probably the best uh, the best part of the strategy and, and people know to follow us for, for that. Mm. If we have a big sale, not that we've had many sales um, really at all since uh, uh, since uh, before the pandemic, but we used to have a super sale to sell off some of the old inventory and stuff. So mm. telling people about a sale. Um, so first come, first serve um, on some, on some uh, extra discounted product. Mm. Yeah, I understand. And do you also have sort of like a private chat group on Facebook or some anything some somewhere else that you talk directly to your people? Yeah, all of them connect through to uh, gorgeous um, uh, customer service management, so that we can have yeah. someone talk to our customer, uh, regardless of the platform. So whether it's coming in through social yeah, media okay. or if it's a email or something like that, they all come into our customer service team, so they could be properly answered um with with you know proper links and uh and the right the right mm. uh, answer each time i understand i have some questions on sourcing and supply chain so I, <laughs> i'm going to ask them now good uh so okay so you mentioned like you have some like great uh connections in the industry with some professional teams and everything and you have some like uh like people products coming from China. So can you can you give us a tour of like your sourcing process of your products? So sourcing is extremely, extremely hard and extremely complicated, to be honest with you. Um, so we, we deal with about 175 uh, teams all across North America. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. we source um, everything from them today. So we're sourcing um, whatever they want to get rid of. Um, so it's a lot of one and done SKUs. Um, some of the stuff is difficult to sell, but we're maximizing our value um, to them by being in their dressing room and and uh, in doing so. So as we speak, I have um, a guy in Chicago today, um, and he's picking up uh, product, 
and uh, you know we don't know what we're going to get. We're taking what we we can. So um, you know those are some challenges. And then we have to you know we have a sidewalk sale each year for for items that uh, we just heavily discount and sell off uh, for for next to nothing. Um, you know, I mean, to get rid of some of this stuff. So uh, there's a balance there, uh, but uh, but ultimately we want to serve the pro team and, and be the the choice of, uh, of of sales, and that's not easy to do um, in our industry. Obviously, there's a lot of people that want to be able to work with NHL, AHL, OHL teams, um, and right. we kind of I think we're kind of the biggest uh, biggest at that in the industry today. So maintaining our our uh, our competitive advantage there is uh, is always a challenge when other people are, are trying to mimic your your business model. Um, and then as for China, um, I mean that's in some ways that's easier, in some ways that's that's riskier because um, we kind of got we kind of got fortunate. We we sourced um, products for kid sticks uh, years ago, and we did all of the work um, and background on on the factory. Um, and uh, you know we had engineers there checking out their their product and their and their um, their factory and stuff like that. Uh, however, uh, um, you know as you grow, uh, you're you're paying for the product before you send it over. So there's some big numbers that are uh, are being sent to our manufacturers. Um, you know, and uh, and right now it's uh, it's a good relationship for both parties. Uh, but you always worry about uh, you know about the amount of uh, investment you have. Um, you know, yeah. foreign, foreign um, entity. Yeah, I see. And like, are you working with a third-party logistics company from China to your uh, to Canada? No, we deal directly with um, with the factory. Um, and uh, I use um, a friend of mine um, has a shipping company, so we use him to uh, yeah. to either air freight it over or or ship it by ocean. I try and try and ship by ocean where we can. Um, but again, we sell out uh, all the time. So it's uh, it's a matter of we need to, to, to take less margin and have it flown over sometimes. Yeah. And you said that you're growing like crazy for the last couple of years and you like probably because like things are coming from China, you have this great lead times. So like how do you manage the entire process? Like is it easy for you guys to do inventory forecasting and optimization? I'm assuming not, right? I um, I, cr- I take all the data that I can. I mean, I try and make data-driven decisions as best as I possibly can. So I, I take all the data that we have, and then I and then I uh, have a multiplier that I use um, for for trying to forecast the variance that we're we're bringing in. That doesn't account for the growth. Um, it doesn't also account for products that have been sold out. Um, yeah, and uh, the, the challenge is our data has always been skewed because we've always been sold out of products. So, um, no. so today I, uh, um, you know, it, it's still a lot of uh, of guesswork um, when it comes to that. But uh, you know, in the future, uh, what we're trying to implement is uh, a NetSuite. We're implementing NetSuite um, uh, ERP system, and that will uh, and that will um, help give us the tools to be able to do. You know exactly what we need for this, but uh, for today, it's still pretty. Uh, it's still pretty gut feeling, and, um, and and moving forward as best you can. Yeah, and does that include a growth factor in it? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, we're definitely um, we're definitely keeping growth factor going. I have a growth factor of about two times right now um, mm-hmm. to where our inventory is at, but there's a limitation as to how much uh, your your factories can ramp up as well. So uh, yeah, so I mean, there's you can't uh, you can't go you can't go crazy because they have to have the capacity to be able to produce the sticks and, and for our product yeah. it's a handmade product too. So it's not a, it's not an easy thing to, uh, to ramp up, um, too heavily yet. And like, how about the fulfillment? Like products come from China to Canada to your own like warehouse. And after that, what happens? What's, how's the f- fulfillment look like? We sell on our own website mostly, a couple uh, on .ca and .com or .ca platform. Um, ships from one location, .ca ships from another, um, mm-hmm. and so we sort of split them up that way. But you know, hopefully the ERP system will enable, we'll get rid of that, so we'll have one inventory that will will service both. Um, and uh, we're just dipping our feet in uh, with uh, with with seeing if it's a good uh, thing to sell on Amazon. Yeah, I understand. And like, finally, let me also ask you about international shipping. Like you're doing international shipping, you're offering your products worldwide. So say I am in Germany, right? Uh, like the, one of the biggest values that you're offering is affordable prices. So is it still affordable for a person living in Germany to buy your stuff from Canada? Yes, it is, but not, um, but because of shipping, like we have, we have FedEx as a partner. So there's about 20 different mm-hmm. countries and I believe Germany is one of them. Um, where they have really, really, really aggressive rates, like a 98% discount on, yeah. on air freight. So um, because our volumes are so high, uh, some of those countries, we have excellent rates. So I'd never suggest yeah. buying one stick um, because we have a flat rate. I think it's about a $50 flat rate to ship to Australia and Germany and Italy and France and England and all of those places. Um And uh, we see orders uh, frequently, but typically they'll order three or four or five or six sticks or 12 or something at a time um, so they can get that, take advantage of that flat rate shipping. It doesn't make sense for one stick as much. Um, although yeah, I see. it does, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it could, we do see sometimes people buying one stick, but I always encourage uh, international shipping uh, uh, to sort of, it doesn't cost me anymore. It doesn't cost you anymore. So I'm like, let's look at uh ordering a few at a time order with your buddies, um, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So we can send you the sticks that you want uh, at the cheapest possible rate. Yeah. And like how long it takes for your products to like go to those destinations from your warehouse? Oh, it's all air freighted with FedEx. It's quick. That's another thing is people, when people want a stick, they, they, they need it, you know? So we, we are fulfilling day of or the next day um, always. Yeah, uh, fulfillment yeah. is a very important part of it. Uh, we found that price was price was great, but uh, people need a stick, so uh, get it to them. Yeah. So you know, and I think that that's uh, one thing people like about us is that um, they order a, a stick at ten in the morning by uh, by two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, there's a good chance that that stick has now been uh, been packaged and and they get the tracking number that it's uh, that it's ready to be shipped to them. Yeah. And like, finally, do you use any sort of inventory analysis, forecasting, or optimization tool on Shopify? No. To manage all track all this, no, no, on nothing. Not on Shopify. I can't on Shopify because I have two platforms, so I have to uh, do it. Um, I do pull reports. I do pull the information from mm-hmm. Shopify, the sales reports, but I have to 
pull the sales reports from .ca and .com into a uh, sure. into an Excel and sort it um, to get the data that I need. Yeah, sure. And like just as we were saying, Shopify. Are you using any other tools on Shopify specifically? Uh, not so much. I mean, we're, we're build. We're going to be building our own tools through NetSuite um, that connect better to financial management. That's one limit that that Shopify yeah. has is uh, is being able to calculate good cost of goods sold um, and the whole accounting uh, bookkeeping piece um, doesn't yeah. connect well. So uh, most of the tools that we're going to be using are going to be within uh, our NetSuite platform. Um, yeah. And then beyond that, we just use uh, reporting from Shopify to uh, to gather information as to uh, product types and sales and what's selling and, and things of that nature. Yeah. So before closing this part, do you, like because you're too successful to be at doing this, do you have any advice or tips for people listening to this in terms of how to build your own brand from scratch? You know, on so how to build a presence on social media, like basically the path you followed, how people can be as successful as you guys. I just think that uh, for me, I'm 40 years old and I'm, uh, I love the game of hockey. I feel like we're saving people money at the game of hockey that I love. So I'm proud of what we're doing. Um, you know, when I'm delivering stuff, I'm delivering it real. So be real, find an industry you love, be real within it. <laughs> um, and then you don't have to uh, focus too much on, on anything else. People will, uh, will see it in you. I believe that I believe that people could always see the passion in my eyes uh, when I talked about you know the things that uh, that inspire me in the game, and I think that's what um, what drove it. Um, you know, I think that that's what I look for in an employee, um, whether it's e-commerce or whether it's uh, brick and mortar, that they can have that same level of passion to inspire our customer um, in, in what we're doing. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I would say that don't try to. Uh, don't try to um, use a bunch of uh, tricks or anything like that. Just uh, get a product that people want and uh, and that you're proud of and, and move forward. Yeah. Like, Joey, thank you for great answers. Uh, we are coming to the end. Is there anything you'd like to share before closing? No, thanks for having me. And I, I wish good luck to uh, the D2Cville uh, platform and, and uh, podcast. I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. And if you like to like buy some good pair of hockey sticks, please like visit Joey's website. Like they have wonderful products and follow them on Instagram, social media for great content on hockey. So Joey, thanks again for being here and your honest and sincere answers. Uh, yeah, wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much.